In the future, roving bands of comic book podcasts will savage the wasteland, once known as the internet. One podcast, the Grawlix podcast, may not be the biggest, may not be the funniest, may not be the most well-spoken. Wait, what was my point again? Oh yes, the Grawlix podcast. Listen to it at GrawlixPodcast.com. That's G-R-A-W-L-I-X podcast.com. Hey, far out. This is Katie Lee. I'm the voice of Baby Roll from the Muppet Babies, originally. And you're listening to Bull Spit with Moose. Hey, Paul. Look over there at the size of that moose. Son, that's no moose. That there is a pile of bull spit. <laughs> Moose back to another blast from the past episode of Bullspit with Moose. I'm your host, Moose. You know, you might be asking yourself, what is a singing dog, a bouncing gummy bear, a junior ghostbuster, and a nerdy duck all have in common? Well, they're all voiced by today's guest. So please welcome the multi-talented, Miss Katie Lee. <laughs> Thank you. Do I call you Moose? Moose, Paul, anything but late for dinner. All right. All right. Okay. I'll call you Paul. <laughs> I'm open to anything. All right. Very good. So how's life treating you? Oh, I'm very thankful. I'm here in beautiful Southern California. The weather's perfect right now. We're babysitting my six-month-old grandson, so life couldn't be better. We just have to find a bouncer or a walker for him. That's my new mission. So before we dive into your your your, your acting career, you've mm -hmm. ventured into uh, being a casting director. Mm -hmm. What all does that <laughs> entail? Like, what? Oh well, I you know I always tell people when they're casting, look, if I'm not the right person for the job, I know lots of other people that I would happily recommend. So I love finding work for my friends. So I figured that's sort of a, a natural progression. Um, and I know a lot of people. I've been around a long time. So basically, um, a client will send me, you know, uh, a breakdown of what they're looking for. And then it's up to me to find them. So I'll find some people to submit who audition. And then I'll send that copy, send their recordings to the client or sometimes they'll send it to the client directly and they find who they're looking for and then they pay me. <laughs> nice. Does that sound too simple? <laughs> no, it, it, it's, uh, I was always curious because, I mean, I, I knew there had to be, th there had to be the line of communication between the director and the casting director, but I, I wasn't sure, like, what the notes were coming from the director as far as this is what I want for this character and mm -hmm. yeah. Well, actually, you know, because I'll, I'll you know you want to know the age range, you want to know if they have a certain idea. Sometimes they'll give you um, like uh, 
is it somebody they're thinking of so we want them to sound kind of like this and that's always nice because then you can give it to the the actor to say this is sort of a voice reference of a style or type of voice they're looking for um, sometimes I did a, a project I actually had to find the director because I was working for the producer so they they were doing a, a project in Spanish and I said, well, you know, you don't need a translator if I can find you a director who can speak Spanish, too, and English. So you don't, you know, don't have all those people involved. So I was able to find them a director. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the more specific you can get for what they're looking for, of course, the easier it is to find the talent and give the talent some idea of what they're looking for. Um... A lot of people think I know a lot of kids for some reason just because I voice a kid. <laughs> so they think. Uh, but I have friends with kids, so I, I just know lots of people. I also worked recently casting a feature. It isn't a feature yet. It's what they call a proof of um, concept. So it's a little short uh, to represent the film because they want to try to sell the film and, you know, get investors. And they only wanted celebrities. And that was way different from finding my friends. Uh, there's a whole protocol when you're dealing with celebrities that we learned as we went. Uh, and normally in my world with voiceover actors, you would send an audition out to everybody. and They just send back their audition and you get to pick. But when they wanted to use celebrities, you don't. celebrities don't audition basically you have to send them an offer and you can only send one at a time because if more than one say yes then you're in trouble so it's a whole different ball game when it comes to celebrities and then they've got a whole team of people who are you know trying to see if that project will work they've got tv whatever they got this whole team of people look at their schedule decide if it's something they want to do or not so yeah it's that was a big eye-opening experience we, I went through recently. I'm starting to understand some of the tension between the voice acting community and the uh, on-screen community. <laughs> yeah. Good. <laughs> well, because I mean, you hear about it a lot, and especially doing these interviews, it, it gets brought up where it's, you know, you have the celebrities coming in doing voices now, and Mm-hmm. Well, because, look, it, the world is so different now. I mean, it isn't so different. If you look at old Disney movies, they kind of did the same thing. They found popular people. But it's even harder now. And even if you're just a regular voice actor, you know, run-of-the-mill voice actor, you know, there's still – nowadays they'll look at your Instagram, Facebook to see how many followers you have. It's just really awful I think just to I see mean, what kind a, of a draw you can bring. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we used to have this wonderful life that we could live anonymously and be perfectly happy and deliver the goods. And, and now, you know, there's a lot more to it. So, yeah, I mean, they want the celebrities because they want to get their followers. Well, their fans. and I talked about it in a previous interview, but. Vin Diesel is the perfect example of that in Guardians of the Galaxy. 
he he was brought in strictly for name recognition alone. Mm. I mean, he had to say "I am Groot" with different inflections. Oh yeah, I mean, I saw that movie. I'm like, that's not a lot here. Yeah, and he got paid pretty good to uh, "I am Groot." I am Groot. Yeah. So don't tell me they don't have a budget to pay actors even double scale. You know, so it's, you know, I mean, you kind of, you, you kind of start to side with the voice artists when it's like, okay, these guys have been doing it for years, building this business, and you're just stepping, you know, and now you're just bringing people in. To make you money. Well, you know what they say, Moose. That's showbiz. No, I know, <laughs> and it's it's so sad. Mm-hmm. You know, and now it, it's funny because you know there are the voice actors that have, in their own rights, become celebrities. Mm-hmm. I mean, guys like you know Rob Paulson and mm-hmm. oh God, Tress McNeil. Mm-hmm. And Tara Strong, top you know, top of their game. Yeah, I mean, you can't throw a stone without hearing their names. Just, we all work hard. Yeah. You know? I mean, and I've worked with all of them. You know, I've been to shows with all of them. As a matter of fact, I <laughs> one of one of the things I was helping cast Trust was in. But they went to, they said, Oh, this is who we they wanted. Uh, her for her name recognition so they uh, you know kind of went to her directly but I helped with casting other stuff Um, yeah a movie we worked on Ella Bella Bingo it was dubbed in English so Tress has a big role in there but I but I actually did her voice for the trailer So I match. I tried to match her because we didn't have her. We were doing the trailer before we did the actually. She actually came in to do it. I don't. They never had her redo that. So, but Tress cast me in my first commercial. She used to be a casting director. She worked at a place called Voice Caster. Well, she wasn't a casting director. She was a booth director. And she people would come in to audition. And before she became who she is now, and I'm talking in the early '80s. She, she, I, I'd go in and she would direct me for auditions and help me get my first national commercial. Talk about full circle. Yeah. Isn't that funny? I mean, I didn't get her that role, though, so it's not really <laughs> fair to say. I can't say it went full circle, but. Okay, semi-circle. Yeah, she's wonderful. Semi-circle. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of how it works. You know, they want a casting director who has a lot of connections usually or you know who who has you know generally speaking my stuff I've been doing is you know a lot of you know smaller projects that are specialty things you know like I, I also work on a radio show called Adventures in Odyssey and a lot of your listeners might be familiar with it I play Connie Kendall and I've been playing that role for 32 years and that's a faith-based show, so people will 
contact me for suggestions for things like that too that are a little more under the radar type projects well i mean the little projects are how you get started and move to the big projects i mean oh yeah i know i'm i you know for those who are listening or wanting to get started in any business really uh you know put yourself out there volunteer Get some experience. Sometimes the only way to get experience is volunteering, and there's nothing wrong with that, you know, because then you get gain confidence and you know what you're talking about. Um, even like coaching, I do coaching, and at first I was pretty hesitant, um, and then I saw that, you know, I was successful and people were growing, so I felt more confident about that, and you know, then you raise your rates <laughs> you know, <laughs> go on from there but that's like any business really being in voiceover or anything like this you're freelance you're your own you know ceo a cfo so you're just it's you're the boss of yourself it's your own home business so you've got to know how to run a business too and you know to promote yourself and you have to do everything yourself these days uh this is a question i don't get asked very often because you're my second actress that i've had a chance to interview who is the first one uh shannon farnan shannon vernon uh farnan shannon I know. Uh, the voice of the uh first wonder woman of the what? A the, Wonder the, Woman? Yeah, the first Wonder Woman from Super Friends oh, okay. back in like the 70s, oh I gosh. believe. gosh. That's Hanna-Barbera, right? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you find it that as an actress for voiceover, your options are more open for roles, or is it harder to get roles as a woman, like as far as range goes? Well, I mean, you have to consider the quality of my voice, first of all. I mean, I have a pretty big range, but I'm not going to sound like demon monster woman, probably, right? Um, So, I mean, I do a lot of kids' voices. I do character voices, animals. Um, Do you mean are there less roles for women in general? Yeah, I think that, yeah, that's about where I'm getting at. Because I know. Yeah, like, I mean, it's always. I mean, it's a lot. It's better now, but I mean, most of my life, I'd be the only girl in the studio. So it was always nice to have some more uh, women to work with. Um, they, I think, they've been added more women to cast now. Um, but the ratio is always going to be greater men to women. Women almost always end up playing little boys. Yes, but there's a. Since about the 90s, they started using more real kids and things than they used to. So, uh, but yes, that's true. I mean, I do a lot of boy voices. That's one of my specialties. You probably didn't even notice, but yes, that's how I get. It's a lot of my work. Here's my card. (laughs) <laughs> well like as i was going through your uh credits i was like you know okay i ralph i knew and then there was you know sunny gummy and uh 
Sunny Gummy's on the Disney Channel now, by the way. Yes. If you didn't know that, go yes, she is. Go, go rewatch Gummy Bears. It's the go first thing I watched Gummy on Bears. Disney Plus when I got Disney Plus. And also Darkwing Duck, and I play Hawker Butterfoot on that show, and that show's really funny if you have a sense of humor. Honker surprised me. I was like, <laughs> I, I didn't realize that was all the same person. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, just right there, that's three shows that pretty much defined my childhood. That's pretty, I feel so blessed to, for, to be in that sort of sentiment of that sentence you just uttered. It's, you know, you don't know what's going to happen in your life or how things are going to go or how they're going to impact people. And it's always amazing to hear that and to feel so honored to be a part of people's life like that. Because, you know, when you're doing it, it's just a job. You don't know the kids, right? But then you live long enough, they grow up like you and then I get to talk to them and it's pretty amazing my my kids are now hooked on gummy bears and dark <laughs> duck uh -huh. and if I could find the original Muppet Babies I'm sure they would be hooked on that they, they don't mind the new uh, one I wish we could find the I, well there's some videos you can yeah. get like bootleg videos I think out there yeah that that that's a mystery to me how that never got into uh, Any form of a DVD set yeah. or anything, yeah. I think it's when Disney bought Henson's stuff because they own Muppet Babies now. And then, of course, they've come out recently with their own version. But, yeah, I mean, I have a Darkwing Duck tattoo. Yes, but they owned it in the beginning. That was their show. That We did that for the Disney Channel originally. And then it went into syndication. I remember but when now Darkwing Duck came out, everything. and my first thought was, this is the strangest thing I've ever seen. A really? duck version of Batman. And <laughs> sort of. then I was like, I'm hooked. Because well, it was so different. So funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it I, wasn't I, the same show that you get on every channel. Uh-huh. And at the same time, I was a huge fan of DuckTales and everything else at the time. So, you know, the anthropomorphic uh, crime fighter and stuff like that is like, all right, that fits right into everything else. So it's like, all right, I'm hooked. And then, yeah, the jokes and going back, watching it now, some of the uh, jokes that went over my head as a kid. Yeah, we're watching it now, and it's I'm it's so funny. The writing is so clever and so funny, and the characters are so awesome. And I just I I, I think because my kids were real little, I had a baby, I had my second in '91. I forget when we did. Anyway, I had kids, so you know back then if you weren't watching the TV, you know you didn't get to see it or the Disney Channel. So now watching them on the, it's just I'm I think that's one of the best shows ever and I am so thankful to be a part of it and it's so funny because Darkwing has no superpowers he's just a duck fighting crime and yeah. uh, he's and not even a rich duck 
No, he's just has this. It it's funny. He's just yeah. a middle class <laughs> mallard. He's a middle class mallard doing his duty, uh, fighting crime. It's so funny because the guys he fights against do have superpowers. Yeah, and he manages to foil them. So mm-hmm. somehow, yes, with just sheer determination, I guess. And, and a lot uh, of help from help. Goslin and. Yes. So I just love I, I love watching it. I love watching it now. There's episodes I haven't seen. I just you forget. I mean, that was thirty years ago, right? Thirty five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny. It holds up too. I mean, there's some there's some. I mean, the titles are uh, dated. You know, they're based on some you know other things, but they're still that the puns are. Are timeless. Puns never fade. No, they're great. Why do you think your kids like gummy bears? I don't know. I see, I know. Interestingly enough, you are my daughter's favorite. Really? Oh, that's nice. Sunny <laughs> yes. is her favorite gummy. Cool. Um, but yeah, they. I I turned it on one morning because. We were looking for something to watch. I was like, oh, here, you haven't seen this. Sit down. They didn't move. Wow. You know what? You're you're not the first person to tell me that. And I wonder if it's the medieval setting, something that they've never seen before that they have to learn. Um, and, and it doesn't, it doesn't talk down to kids. I think that's part of it it's not like we're an educational program you know back then they didn't have that same sort of mandate i mean there's a lot of stuff we couldn't say uh because we had standards and practices but it's not like oh this is a kid's show you know well i mean there was always a lesson but it wasn't like an in-your-face lesson Uh uh-huh so maybe that's I don't know if that's it. I guess you'll have to report back, do a little. No, I mean it was always, it was always more of a, you know, at the end of the day, here's what we learned. Right. And it, you know, it's not like, you know, GI Joe would look at you and be like, you know, and this is what you need to do. Whereas with like gummy bears, you know, you'd get. Grumpy would learn something, and he's like, mm-hmm. "Okay, I guess I need to take my time." Or, mm-hmm. you know, this is what I get for rushing into things. Mm-hmm. And they left it at that. So you kind of had to pick up the lesson on your own. And oh, I think that's point. where how, it how resonates a lot with uh, a lot of people. Um, fourteen, nine, and seven. Oh, well, that's quite a range. Even the 14-year-old likes it. Yeah. Uh, they, they, they like the fact... I know they think it's funny that the bad guy's name, he gets called Dookie a lot. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, it's... It's like everybody laughs at that joke. It, it, it's hard not to. <laughs> Big Dookie. It's like, 
you, you can't not laugh at it. I never thought of that before until you mentioned it. <laughs> That's, I didn't think about it until my kids mentioned it. That must be a Nebraska term, but I know what you're referring to. <laughs> They're like, they said dookie. I was like, oh, man. <laughs> Thanks. That's pretty funny. I was like, well, can't look at that the same again. <laughs> you know, and honestly, as far as lessons go, it's about the same with uh, Muppet Babies. That wasn't as directed in your face either. No, it had stuff that adults could enjoy, just like, you know, based on the real Muppets. Um, you know, the Muppet show is is funny for adults or kids. There's something for everybody. It's like every show had an adventure. You know, and I think that might be part of why kids like uh, Gummy Bears so much is there's, it, it's a very adventurous, adventurous show. Mm-hmm. And... There's, even in this age where attention spans are shorter, there's enough to keep you going, to keep your attention for that full 30 minutes. There's there's never a down point in Gummy Bears. I mean, there's always something happening. Hmm. That's great. I love to hear people's analysis and observations because, you know, I... I think I don't really think about those things um, not having you know because you can watch something with your kids but if you're a voice on the show they kind of see it differently in a way you know so you don't I don't get the same perspective you would watching with your kids well and it's fun watching my kids kind of debate during the episodes because mm. now, like, there'll be a time, like, when Princess Kala or, you know, God, I can't think of the kid, boy's name right now, but... Oh, a Cubby? Uh, no, the... Cavan? Cavan. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they're fighting somebody and you know they're going to be fighting again later, and my son would be like, Drink your gummy berry juice. Uh. And then my daughter will be like, no, they can't do that yet. Because they can only drink it once a day, remember? Oh. Yeah, oh. and it's just like, really? That's We're... so cool. So there, you know they're paying attention. Yeah. Yeah, and then my son fired back with, well, the gummy bears can drink it whenever. And she's like, yeah, but they said it only works on humans once a day. Yeah, goes, that's right. Oh, yeah. It's just like, <laughs> this is going on in my living room. Okay. <laughs> well, that, that's great. That's really great. It's like, we're not only watching TV, we're having a discussion about it. This is uh -huh. great. That's great. Well, you sound like a good dad. You know, and then with, like, with Muppet Babies, I mean, the, there was music, there was adventure, there was, I mean, it was everything a kid could want in a show and yeah you know the, the stories from the episodes I remember the stories would hold up today like when they said they were doing a reboot 
honestly, I said they could probably take the same stories and just use those again. Yes, they probably could. And so much is character driven with the Muppet Babies. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but they've added a new couple new characters, I think, or at least one. Yeah, to the, the new little, one. Uh, bird character. Yeah. It's like, I watch a show and I can't think of that character's name. <laughs> I, I was super happy when they said they were coming out with a new one. I was like, oh, yay, Muppet Babies. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think? I like it. It seems geared more towards a younger audience than the first one was. Mm-hmm. But it's still a good program. Um, it's not like other reboots that have been done recently where dumbing it down is the wrong word, but uh, making it super kitty to where you're hitting like the lowest denominator of children seems mm-hmm. to be your goal. It's the, the new Muppet Babies seems to be right in that realm of, okay, we're going to stay true to it's character driven. There's a lesson, but we're also gearing it towards preschool to like first grade. Mm. And yeah, there seems to be about an age cap on it. Mm. And that part seems odd. Yeah, see, that's what I mean. I think some of the, the shows that you're talking about that we when we did them in the 80s, they certainly kids can watch it and get something out of it, but the adults can enjoy it too. They're because they're, I don't know, just funny. You got another uh, iconic role that didn't uh, make it into my intro, but you voiced Dumbo in Dumbo's Flying Circus. Yeah, I was Dumbo in Dumbo's Circus. The only person to ever voice Dumbo, who ever will voice Dumbo, from what I understand. That's probably why they won't even air it anymore. I keep ending up in these great shows that will never be seen again. (laughs) Yeah, and now Flying Circus, that fit in the realm of, like... Because that was, if I remember correctly, that was more of the style of, like, H.R. Puff and stuff and uh, stuff like that, whereas, like, the costumed characters. Yes, but they used animatronics. Yeah. I don't know if Puff and stuff did. Uh, Maybe. Yeah. where Edmiston was in Dumbo Circus, and he was also in puppet stuff as far as a voice. And he used to be a puppeteer, which may have been how they found him for Dumbo Circus. But yeah, that was that was different. They used a lot of green screen and uh, miniatures and uh, costumed puppets, and then our voices were uh, we'd record it. And there was they used computer programming that would activate the puppets when they talked. I mean, the costumes, their heads. It was, in, it was very complicated. I normally ask this at the beginning, and I spaced it. 
What got you interested in acting? Uh, well, as my buddy Will Ryan likes to say, when the check cleared. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I was looking for something to do when I graduated college. Um, and I, when I started, I was looking for something to do to make some money while I was in college. And that's kind of how that happened. I mean, I, I think I was always interested, but I grew up in, uh, LA and it seemed like it was kind of dorky to say you're interested in acting because everybody was, it's like the industry's all around you and, you know, but um, I just I had some doors open and I had opportunities and explored it. I did improv. I, when I lived in San Francisco, I did improvisational theater, and a, most voice actors are improv actors, uh, so that helped. Um, yeah, I just got some encouragement that way and found a little work, so I thought I'd give it a shot and see if I could make a living. So that's not very glamorous, is it? <laughs> Most starts aren't, but the the end result seems to be. It's the end it, result that you. You know, I gotta on. tell you, when I started doing it, and and you realize, because you don't, you only know how you think, and you don't know if there's anything peculiar about it. But once I started voice acting, I realized these people all think like I do. These are my peers. I found my tribe kind of thing, you know, it was like, oh, you know, they think in sounds like I do. So I don't think I was so interested in acting as I was in the business of voicing. You know what I'm saying? I've become a better actor as I've gotten older, for sure. But I used to watch cartoons. I, and, you know, I think being a good voice actor is being a good listener. Really, is where it starts. Because if you can't hear it, and if you can't, if you don't have a good sense of humor or a sense of timing, and you can't appreciate that, you know, you're not long for this career. So there's a lot of things that go into it. It's not just acting, but acting is very important too. Because Jess Harnell will say, voice acting, little B, big A. Oh, yeah. You know, just because you can do silly voices doesn't necessarily mean. You right. can act with those voices. Right. And I was very fortunate because, seriously, when I started with the little training that I had, because I could do kids' voices, I, and there were only a few hundred people, maybe less, in the business when I started. So, or, you know, down here in L.A. So, you know, I was in a small group talent pool of women who did kids' voices, and so I really learned on the job, watching other people, auditioning, getting, you know, I got the job because of how I sounded, and then I grew, I I grew into those shoes, so to speak, and, you know, I, I, I thought that's all I could do for the longest time, that's how, you know, I was promoted, but now, I, you know, I've done so many different things because, uh, especially since I've been working a lot on my own, representing myself and finding work in other areas, e-learning and toys and apps. And I can do mom voices and I do stuff in Spanish sometimes. And I'm not just a kid's voice. 
I can do all kinds of things and I've had more opportunities as time went on but in the be and, and it's really important as a voice actor to be able to do at least five different characters because so when you get cast when you would get cast even back then uh, usually they'd want you to do two or three different voices because you got paid the same so they needed to, it's a, a matter of economics uh, so yeah but that was in the beginning that was my you know foot in the door she sounds like a kid so that was you know I was just fortunate that way so and that gave me you know more opportunity I think to learn than if I sounded like everybody else awesome do you have any upcoming projects coming out that you want to talk about or um I'm working on a little kids show. I got a bunch of little kids shows out there on YouTube Kids now, right now. Super Z. I'm the voice of Super Zach, the boy. Uh, we do Chi Chi Love, which I direct. Actually, I've been directing too, so I do a voice in that show, and I'm the voice director on Chi Chi Love, and I think that's also on YouTube Kids, and that's actually really cute. It's a fun show, pretty kind of goofy. Um, so that's original animation. Super Z is dubbed. I do some video games. Uh, I don't know if I can say what's coming out though on those. Um, I gotta be careful. Um, so don't get in it trouble. takes so it takes so long for things. I say those NDAs are a pain. <laughs> yeah, in case you know, if anybody plays Blade and Soul, I do a lot of voices on that game, and I'm the uh, the system voice on that game too I'm a system voice on a couple games but I don't think the other one I could say um, what else is coming out I'm going to be uh, speaking of conventions they had to move a audio theater convention from March to next October in Virginia called Sonicon it's gonna be at Liberty University it's about radio theater and I get to be a speaker at that event and Shimajiro is a preschool show that I'm working on right now that uh, should be going on. I still work on Adventures in Odyssey. We're recording a new episode next week. And Will Ryan and I have a new uh, version, new edition of our book coming out very, very shortly called Adventures in Oddity. And we've just added 50 pages. So we're going to do a, a recording of us reading it, but also it'll be out in print hopefully in the next month or two um what else is going on you know it's it seems so so slow oh I, I, this episode of um of course it's like to promote their toy called pinksies that might be on youtube kids but there's some toys are like kind of like legos so i've been voicing a lot of their characters for that um Every day, it's something different, and my brain doesn't work that fast. I do a lot of e-learning, too, so people have recognized me on Khan Academy. Uh, I've been doing the, their numbers and letters. I do a little hummingbird. His name is Peck, and he talks like this. And he's a hummingbird. He's from South America. And an elephant named Alo. Sounds a little bit like Dumbo, but not completely. Um, on the Khan Academy and uh, yeah all kinds of stuff like that so um, 
Foxtails is another show, but I don't know when it's coming out. Um, I've been doing some voices for that. So, yeah, stuff, stuff. A lot of irons in the fire. Yeah, you got to keep busy, right? Um, so that's that's about it that I can think of. I'm sure there's more. My husband will say, did you say this? Did you say that? Oh, I can't remember. <laughs> uh, so if fans want to connect with you, where all can they uh, find you at? Oh, well, my website is uh, com. And they can write to me there. It's also www.voiceofyourchildhood.com. <laughs> right, and I will make sure I include those links in the uh, episode description. Yeah, thanks. They're on Instagram, Katie Lee VO, and on Twitter, 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 Katie Lee VO. And folks, you know where to find her. You could find me and other great podcasts at electronicmediacollective.com or on Twitter at the handle Moose Media Inc. And Katie, it's been fun uh, chatting with you and reflecting on an amazing childhood. <laughs> Thank you. I'm honored to be a part of that childhood. Thanks for having me on. And folks, there's a lot of good podcasts out there. And unless you heard it here, it's probably just a load of bull spit. <laughs> Cute. So until next time. Take her easy. Ooh, that sure was some bull spit, but I sure had fun. Junior, you need some help. Be sure to tune in next time. Sunny Gummy, I hear you've been watching the show. That's really neat. Thank you. I appreciate it.